Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. What a week. And I feel like I've been saying that every week these days. It's always a week. And I think that's because. There's a lot of family stuff happening, you know, with my fiance's family and my family because we just got engaged and everyone's talking about weddings and a lot of different things. And there's a lot of change in our lives or my life. And so we've been spending a lot of time together and with our families. And if you've ever been part of a brown family or an Indian family, I'd like to say immigrant family, any immigrant family, then you know you're living in what would be a cross between the Brady Bunch slash American Horror Story with a sprinkle of law and order SVU. You know, one minute you're laughing, you're eating your mom's food, and the next minute, you know, someone's screaming or you're screaming and you want to slit your wrist, or someone's trying to slit your throat. We're like skirting on the edge of crime, in between meals, a lot of meals, and laughter. So I spent the past week at my parents' house, which is always the best. You know, there's nothing like home. Home meaning your childhood home. It's probably where I am most comfortable. I have the best sleep in my room, in my bed, 
it's just that familiarity. We are wrapping up filming Family Karma, so I've been home a lot, which is nice. It's a great excuse to get away, meet all my friends, and just enjoy my family and Miami. And I don't know about you guys, but I have a core squad in my neighborhood. I don't know if you remember Hot Neighbor Julio. He is a friend of the show. He's in some earlier episodes. And I don't really talk about my BFF, Gail. But Gail and Julio, that's my tribe when I'm home. And I have another BFF, Steph. But Steph's been on the pod as well. But she has children. And we all know once you have children, you're... You know, you're in your own, you're on your own. You're in a black hole and your single friends or your friends without children, you know, they may check in on you once in a while, but we, we leave it at the group chat. Haven't seen her in a minute, but we do talk every day. So I'm home and my parents, rightly so, are interrogating me about wedding plans. And truth be told, I have no interest in a big Indian Bollywood wedding. I really don't. There was a brief moment in my history when I did want that. And I think that was sometime in college, you know, when your future is still looking very bright. Like that time in your life, the world is truly your oyster. You believe that. And you want to work. I mean, you want to get a job. That right there tells you that you're not thinking straight. You know, you're eager to get a fucking job. A W-2. Like, what was I manifesting? This girl boss culture? Let me fucking tell you. It's exhausting and overrated. Someone fucking sponsor my entire life and adopt me and take care of my ass. One of the dumbest decisions I've made in life is wanting to be a girl boss. It's the biggest scam. It's a fucking Ponzi scheme because I realized they don't want you to just girl boss. You're not allowed to just girl boss. So I'm here girl bossing and life is great. But oh, wait, you want me to also manage a family and give birth to children. Who thought of that? Can we cancel that person? So now we're girl bossing and getting married. And it's supposed to be one of the happiest times in your life. I mean, that's what you see in movies and magazines. But all my friends and family and everyone around me is telling me that it's a fucking panic nightmare. You're in a panic room and it's fucking called wedding planning. Except I've decided I'm not going to have a big crazy wedding. I really don't want one. Neither does my fiance. We will probably have a big party at best, or reception, if you want to call it that. But I've been to too many weddings this year where the guests and the people, like, no one gave a shit. You know, everyone was just complaining or gossiping or critiquing. And I would rather much have, did you just hear that? I would rather much have. I would much rather have a true ceremony filled with love with just my families, my fiance's family and my family. So what I'm thinking of is 
having a little ceremony in our backyard. I mean, could you have imagined getting that idea across to your Indian ethnic immigrant family? Hey guys, I want to get married in my backyard and I don't want to invite anybody except you guys. That was like me literally launching a missile toward our Indian families. Like I was the weapons of mass destruction. And I don't know how I accomplished that feat successfully, meaning somehow they've agreed and we've signed the Magna Carta, whatever the fuck that is. I don't remember. Another useless thing we learned about when we were little. And I still don't know how to fucking get insurance or file my taxes, but I know what the Magna Carta is, I think. I know it was a good thing, like some sort of a peace thing. So here we are. Except somehow, even the backyard ceremony planning is turning into Cirque du Soleil. Because my mom's fabulous. And that's life with a fabulous mom who has magnificent ideas. But the chaos of it all, the drama, I mean, boomers love chaos, screaming, and drama. I mean, I would say my mom, she loves nothing more than planning events. And this wedding, the backyard ceremony, has now become her biggest project. And my mom is definitely chaotic neutral. I'm chaotic evil. You know, I'm chaos coordinator for sure. And my intelligent fiance. You know, he said, let's go to Hawaii so no one can come and just do our vows there, just me and you. And I said, no, I really want my family there. You know, my grandfather's turning 90. Uh, I should have fucking listened to my fiance. You know, he's so smart. You know, I'm the dum dumb. So yeah, everyone's on edge. It's the fucking backyard. It's turning into Versailles, and that's okay. We're just all so dramatic you know it's it's a Bollywood movie at home and you know this is a time where couples families you know they don't get along and people even break up over this stuff and if you're planning your wedding I I just want all of you to know if you're fighting it it's not that deep guys it's a fucking party for a lot of different people it should not be something that causes a rift in your relationship. Speaking of rifts, to add more fuel to this entire dumpster fire, uh, my fiance sends us his prenup. I should say he sends me the prenup. And we had agreed on a prenup since day one. I actually think everyone should get one and have one. You need to protect yourself. You don't know what's going to happen in life. And I am all for it. Having said that, the one he gave me is basically like your trash in layman's terms. So that was a whole episode of American Horror Story, you know, at home with the families, as it should have been. I'm all for prenups that are fair. And the truth is, none of us know what we're doing. You know, he's never had one or seen one. I've never had one or seen one. 
and neither of our families or anyone we know have one. I think there are two people I know that have one, and they recently got married, and they're both very, very wealthy people. But basically, the prenup just says, you know, everything's 50-50 till we die. And that's not the case. That's not fucking reality. The reality is, I'm not a fucking moron, and I'm not doing it all. I am not that woman screaming, you know, hey, let's do it all. I can do it all. You can have it all. No, you fucking can't. It's virtually impossible. Unless you're some big CEO and killing it in the corporate world, or you've launched your own business and you're making millions, most women in their 40s and their 50s are slowing down in their careers. And since we're keeping it real, they're not the most viable candidate. Most employers aren't looking at a woman who's in her 40s or 50s saying, you know what, I really want to hire you. It's just not what's actually happening. And I know Farrah Wang and a few others started their careers in their mid-40s or early 50s, but guess what? We're all not fucking Farrah Wang. Good for her, though. We are flex on kids, so I don't know what's going to happen in that department. If we were to have one, then I would say that would probably happen, God willing, by 2024 is when we would have a final decision on that. Because lucky for me, the kids are in the fucking freezer. Freeze your eggs, bitches. But like I said, I am not going to bust my ass and raise a child at the same time. You know, if I'm going to raise a child and I have that option to stay at home and take care of the child, I'm going to stay at home and take care of the child. Or I am going to bust my ass and then hire like three nannies, and that's okay too. But the point is, the woman is always sacrificing at some point or another. And so no, it can't be 50-50 till we die. Because at different points in a relationship, you're going to lean on your partner or need your partner more than your partner needs you, and vice versa. And so we have drafted a fair prenup, and we are moving forward with that. But, you know, it can get sticky, especially in a traditional home. You know, I'm old school. My fiance is old school. It's new for all of us. And, of course, his lawyer is going to have a prenup that favors him, and my lawyer is going to have a prenup that favors me. And then you just got to duke it out and hash it out and talk and go back and forth for a little bit, which is very strange because it makes everything feel so transactional. But guess what? That's also life getting married at 38. Part of it is going to feel transactional. You know, you're just not 12 or 20. You know, this isn't puppy love. It's geriatric millennial love. That's what's happening. And you're going to have a lot of uncomfortable discussions about money, needs, family planning, families, and bowel movements. I mean, you talk about everything, really. So on top of everything, we have to get a marriage license. Like, no one talks about this shit. No one tells you, like, you have to go get a marriage license, just like you have to go get a fucking driver's license. Like, no one has mentioned this to me. I just thought everyone got married and the pastor or the priest or whoever 
signed the papers for you and did everything. Like, no, you have to like register online and apply to get married. And we plan to get married in my mom and dad's backyard. So there are states where you have to wait three days to actually get married, meaning you get your license and then there's a three day waiting period. Like you wait, apparently. I don't know why. I don't know why. And then you have your actual wedding ceremony, like with the priest or the officiant or whoever. You know, maybe they tell you to wait three days so you can run. Maybe they're like, are you sure you want to fucking do this? Like, do you want to chain yourself to someone for the rest of your life? You know, I've decided I do. But yeah, I don't know why they make you wait three days, but of course it's the government. So they're not open on weekends. So that means three working days and you have to go in person. Except that's not an option for me or my fiance. Because remember, we're busy geriatric millennials. You know, we're too busy to spend three days waiting around for the Florida government to decide if we should get married. So I scoured the internet and apparently there are states where you could do it in the same day. But of course, these are states like New Mexico and, you know, Arizona. And there's nothing wrong with any of these states. I mean, I'm fucking living part-time in Arizona. But that's not where I want to sign my papers. Like, I don't want to have to fly there. And you have to get married where you sign the papers. So if we did it in Arizona, then our entire family would have to fly here. And everyone's just all over the place. So we got engaged in New York. We thought, why not have the ceremony in Miami at home? So there's some way you can do it online. And fingers crossed, that's what I'm trying to do. Except, you know, like my friend Gail says, she's like, everything these days takes about five attempts. So on top of everything, my parents are like the Gestapo. They're like, why haven't you fucking applied for the marriage license? I'm like, I have tried for the past three weeks to apply, except the website with the government isn't accepting my application. So I've been on hold with them for three days, pretty much, 72 hours, you know, wondering what's going on. And they finally just responded. Not to mention you have to read like a family handbook, which I did fucking read, but it's, it's actually pretty good. You're reading that and you're like, wait, do I? Do I need to get married? Like, should I be doing this? It talks about how you need to communicate with your partner and how you need to be compatible. It's pretty amazing. If, if you're listening, you all should look it up. Look up Florida Family Handbook or Guidebook. Yeah, for marriage. It's pretty incredible. It's like a therapy session for couples. Except I read it on my own. And I'm pretty sure my fiance skimmed through it during a bathroom break. But it's all happening, guys. I am getting married and the planning is underway, the ceremony, and then we might have a big party, you know, later in the spring of next year. And I'm trying to make everyone happy, but I'm putting myself first, to be honest. You know, I, more than anything, just doing what I want to do. And that's what you should do in life at times. It's your wedding. It should be what you want. 
you've made the decision to marry someone. And I know there's family tradition and a lot of that can get in the way of what's actually important. And what's important is that you found someone that you like, that your family likes, and they're a good person and you're happy. And brown parents, you know, immigrant parents, they'll let you know they're, they're miserable or not happy with your decisions. You know, you could be at the altar and you're about to have your vows. And your mom might be like, you know, I really don't like your outfit, but it's okay. Like, that's brown people and brown parents. That's their love language. So just do you, because you're never going to make everyone around you happy. So just when I thought I got over the whole wedding ceremony hump at home, you know, my BFF Gail calls me. She lives in my neighborhood. We've lived in the same neighborhood for over 27 years. Same with Hot Neighbor Julio. We've all lived in the same neighborhood for nearly 30 years. It's pretty insane. So I give her a call because, you know, when we're feeling emo and you just need a break, we like to go eat at either the Japanese buffet or the Indian buffet. Shout out to Ashoka Indian Restaurant in Miami. They have an incredible lunch buffet. So we decide we're going to Ashoka just to, you know, hang loose, eat, and talk shit. I mean, there's nothing better. And I have a reliable squad. You know, when I say reliable, I mean these people, the people in my life who I call my friends, they will do anything for me. And that's pretty amazing. I can say that with full conviction. So I call Gail and she rolls up to pick me up. And, you know, it's exactly what you picture in your head. Like, get in, loser. We're going to the Indian buffet. And we do. So we get to the buffet. You know, we've piled heaps of biryani on our plates and we're just stuffing our faces. And then she drops a fucking bomb. She's like, I'm coming from a mammogram appointment. I think I choked on my food. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And started dry heaving. And, you know, I had a moment. I was like, is this where we are in life? And she said, you know, she's nearing 40 and her doctor told her she should get one. And I'm just here stunned. You know, the woman was too stunned to speak. We are nearing 40, fucking getting mammograms. We aren't married. 
nor do we have kids. I mean, we're doing it all ass backwards. Can you imagine having a newborn and getting a mammogram? That's going to be me. I mean, eating at a buffet is a sacred religious experience and a form of therapy. So that helped numb the pain. And I was able to cope by just adding more samosas to my plate. And I'm not an emotional eater. But let me fucking tell you, I fucking ate that day. I emotionally ate. That was a rude awakening. And there are consequences to waiting in life, you know, that people don't talk about. Like, yeah, you're going to be with your newborn and getting your tits smashed, getting mammograms. It's wild. But those are the decisions we've made. And that's a lot of women I know and a lot of my friends. A lot of us aren't married, nearing 40, geriatric millennials with no kids. And when I do picture myself with a child, I actually don't picture myself, you know, with a bunch of young moms. I feel like I will have a tribe of moms my age. I mean, it's so common these days. But till then, I will be at the buffet, you know, eating my feelings. And even when I was single, I will say, I, I always ate alone. Being single never stopped me from eating out or going on vacation. And that's a form of therapy I highly recommend. You know, if you're out there and you're in your feelings, you're feeling emo, I mean, go with a friend like I did, you know, with Gail. And if your friend's not available, go alone. I don't know why people are so scared to go out and do things alone. Go to the movies alone. Do what you have to do. And I think doing it when you don't have to is what makes it easier. Let's say you do have plans. You know, cancel those plans and go to the movies alone. And I guarantee you, you'll be okay. Eating alone is probably one of my favorite things to do. And I've said that before. I get a nice cozy seat in the corner, always get a corner table, and eat whatever you want freely, peacefully. Wear headphones if you need to, to, you know, make yourself feel better if it gives you anxiety. Just start embracing yourself. And maybe I'm so passionate about this because I love going to buffets and eating alone. And it's one of the ways I cope with just life in general. You know, it's very therapeutic for me. It brings me peace. So just when you thought the stories were over, it's not. It's not over. So my boyfriend comes in this week to pay a visit because, you know, we're getting married, so he should come see my parents. He literally came for 24 hours, and we had those long awkward family discussions about the wedding and the prenup and yada, yada, yada. So he's here for a day and then we go to the beach, right? Because when you're not from Miami, that's where you go. You know, as a local, I rarely went to the beach. But now that I don't live in Miami full time, you know, I take every opportunity I get to go to the beach. It's just so beautiful. You know, I realized I love the ocean. I like being near water, not in the water, but near water. 
So, of course, we go to the beach, and I'm under an umbrella in a burqa, basically, like fully covered. You know, I don't want to age. I don't like being in the sun. There's an umbrella. We're in a cabana. And, you know, my boyfriend's fiance, I should say, fiance is swimming in the ocean. And if you've listened to the engaged and unhinged podcast episodes, then you know what happened with the phone. Well, I guess some people just don't learn. So my fiance is frolicking in the water. It's pretty deep. He's like neck deep in the ocean, just swimming. And then I slowly see him coming out of the water like a happy little dolphin, just giggling. And he comes up to me and pulls out his iPhone from his swimming trunks pockets. He dived into the ocean with his phone in his pocket yet again. I don't know who's looking out for this man, but clearly he has some supersonic angels on steroids because his phone was fine yet again. I don't know what we're going to do when we go to Italy because we're going to Italy for my birthday. And then we're going to Turkey because I'm hosting a girl's trip in Turkey the week after. So I don't know how we're going to prevent this man from jumping into large bodies of water with his phone in his pocket. The man I'm marrying, by the way. And I think when we're in Europe, the phone is going to be the least of my problems. You know, I'm more concerned about me. You know, I'm not your average, typical, normal girl. And I think we assess that pretty early on. But normal women, you know, they can jump into the water and they're free and they're, you know, Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Just wearing a bathing suit is like the end of the world for me. You know, there was one year last year where I was in the best shape I've ever been in my life and I loved how I looked. But outside of that last year, I hate wearing a bathing suit. And I know life is short, but that saying really isn't helpful in the moment. Like, yes, life is short. Wear the bathing suit. But it's easier said than done, much like a lot of other things in life. So wearing a bathing suit, being hairless, and then wetting my actual hair. I mean, normal people make it look so easy. Even at the beach, you know, I saw so many women just so comfortable walking around. But for me, more than the bathing suit and the sun damage, it's more my hair. You know, it takes an hour to do my hair. I get my hair done. You know, I can't find someone to blow dry my hair in Capri or Positano. And if I did, they'd probably charge me $1,000 for a real shitty job because they're probably not used to my hair. So there's always that anxiety of getting my hair wet at foreign places because then I have to shampoo my hair with like the tiny little fucking bottle of shampoo they, they provide. You know, I need 10 of those. I also don't want to check in a bag, so I don't want to carry my shampoo. And let's be real, I don't fucking wash my hair. I get it done here. So I don't know how I'm going to tackle that. You know, I'm going to have to, I guess, wash my hair. Then it takes like a couple of hours to dry. And then when it dries, it doesn't dry all like nice. 
and Rapunzel-like. You know, I look like fucking Pennywise, the clown, when my hair dries naturally. Oh, embrace your natural hair. Yeah, shut the fuck up, okay? I'm going to fry my hair. And I guess I'll be frying my hair in Italy as well. Pray for me. I also have a fear of large bodies of water. You know, I'm comfortable swimming in pools, and I swim very well, actually. But just swimming out there in the ocean, you know, I know we're going on a little boat trip to see the caves in Capri, and I've been before. But, you know, my fiance is pretty adventurous, so I know we're going to be like really in it in the water. And I did conquer my fear of the ocean and the animals when I went to the Great Barrier Reef. You know, it was like a bucket list, like snorkel and dive with sharks and turtles and giant clams. And I did, and I'm very proud of myself. But this boat trip is scaring me, you know. But, you know, positive thoughts. And I actually can't wait for the trip. It's going to be so amazing. Italy is one of my favorite places. It's one of the rare places, actually, that I can keep going back to. I mean, the last time I went to Italy was in 2017. And I went with my sister. And we went to all the big cities. And I remember being in Milan. We were going from Milan to Venice. And we're just enjoying a little coffee at the cafe in the train station in Milan and my sister points to me that oh my god look at that guy and we talk about racial profiling and don't be racist or discriminatory but there are times you're like whoa and of course there's this guy he's like Arab or something he was actually Egyptian I found out later He must have been maybe 6'4 and like 350 pounds, like a huge dude. Like this guy could knock you out. And he's in a black robe with a huge giant cross and a beard that could make a wig for a lot of people. I mean, this guy's beard is long, like Lord of the Rings long. And I'm telling my sister, you know, it's no big deal. He's just... Who knows what, maybe he's dressed in character. Maybe he's going to like some conference, Comic-Con. I don't know. Maybe they're doing that in Venice. But deep down, I was a little nervous too. I was like, you know, why are you in a robe with a massive cross? Like, what are you doing? Who are you? And there's just times in life when that happens. We're human. And so, of course, we get on the train and he's sitting behind us. And at this point, we didn't know he was... Arab or anything you know he just looks like a Caucasian guy and we get to Venice and he's behind us as well in the line waiting for you know the water taxi and my sister has been terrified the entire time she's like I don't have a good feeling about this so I just turned around at that point like after eight hours of this ordeal of being fearful I finally turn around because he had been with us the entire time like he was with us at the cafe then he sat behind us then he was behind us you know waiting for the taxi and at that point I'm like all right guy what do you want so (laughs) at this point I turn around and I'm like where are you from turns out he's an Egyptian Coptic priest 
had no idea what that was. But the guy's like a priest, like a man of God, apparently. And I lose the term lightly because we all know about the priests, okay? Let's keep it real. But this guy is here, like, to pray. You happy now, Nan? That's my sister. And, you know, everywhere you see those signs, like, in every country, like, if you see something, say something in, like, every language. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that ratchet nonsense if I had complained? Had I listened to these fake fears? Can you imagine? Like, uh, lady, he's a fucking priest. And you're going to hell. Which I already knew that, but. Yeah, that was the last time I was in Italy. I almost made a Karen move and confronted a priest who was just transferring from different cities to pray. He was doing like a little tour of Italy from Egypt to pray. He looked exactly like Hagrid from Harry Potter. And I'll leave it at that. I won't say more. So I spent a week at home and I flew back on American Airlines with my fiance, except we get to the airport for our 5 p.m. flight. We're supposed to get to Scottsdale at 7 p.m. We board the plane and then they fucking tell us the plane has a flat tire. Well, wouldn't you have known that before you put us on the plane? Okay, no big deal. Then we go out. We have a little coffee at Versailles, which you know you know. It's an iconic Cuban place in Miami. We've had some pastelitos and a cortadito. And you know, Google it if you don't know. We wait two hours. We get back on the plane. And now they're like about to take off. These motherfuckers are about to take off. And then they're like, well, we just realized the luggage isn't on the plane. And we don't know where the luggage is. So we get off the plane a second time. At this point, it's now like 8 p.m. And they tell us they don't really know what's going to happen because now the pilot's shift is over. So we're going to say maybe we're taking off at 11 p.m. So at that point, I go back home. My parents are like, oh, you guys are back? Like, okay. Actually, that's not the case. I'm sure that's what they were thinking. But of course, my mom was ready with like eight courses and. You know, Indian moms and their feeding. You guys got to stop. Stop fucking feeding us. And if you say you don't eat, you know, you're going to have an issue. You've just created World War III by saying you're not hungry and you're not eating. And like I said earlier, brown moms, Indian moms, ethnic moms, they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you what you're thinking. It could be your birthday, and they would be like, you know, that time you didn't eat the food, that really hurt my feelings. You know, and that's their love language. So you just fucking eat the food. That's all you do. And then we ran back to the airport, except the Uber driver gets lost. I'm like, if I'm going to miss this flight because of the Uber driver now, after all of this chaos... He finally finds his way. And then, of course, there's a fucking train. I mean, I haven't seen a train since I was 11. So we're waiting at the tracks. Then we finally get to the airport. We board the plane. And, of course, we're in the emergency row. Because I'm either in the emergency row or we've been upgraded. Because these long-haul flights from the East Coast to the West Coast, they will take a toll on you. It's worth every penny 
to move yourself. Well, it turns out now we're on the plane and the toilet, there's a water valve that isn't working. It's now 11.30 p.m. I'm hoping that if you've needed to take a shit, that you've already done that before you boarded this flight. But two mechanics show up and they want to fix this toilet, you know. It is a five and a half hour flight. I will say that. So I understand. But at this point, we just want to get on the plane and have it actually leave. And if you know me, you know, chaotic evil, you know, I'm ready to pull this emergency exit door and just hop on out. An hour later, we end up taking off. We end up getting home at 2 a.m. We were supposed to get home at 7 p.m. We get an Uber, and it happens to be a Tesla. Get in the Uber, and now this Uber driver says his phone's died, and that's how he starts his car. That's how he turns it on. So if the phone's dead, then the car won't turn on. And at that point, you know, my chaotic, evil, Pennywise alter ego comes out, and I say, you know what, buddy? We've been deplaned three times in the past eight hours. We were supposed to leave at 7 p.m. We've come all the way to the desert because we live here part time now from Miami, Florida. We could have been at the pool enjoying the evening, but instead we were waiting at the airport. And now we're here with you. And you're telling me your phone's dead and you can't start the car. And I have no problem waiting because we have no other option because it's 2 a.m. But can you figure out how to start your car within the next 15 minutes? And he was a great guy, great Uber driver, uh, not for nothing. You know, it's like 2 a.m. He could have totally killed us or told us to fuck off. But he was a champ. Somehow we made it home and he ended up not charging us for the ride. So we finally get home. It's now 3 a.m. I have two meetings starting at 8 a.m. So I don't have much sleep. And I thought, you know what? It's been a rough weekend. Why don't I just fucking order Uber Eats from 7-Eleven and call it a night? And so right now, I am recording this with you and talking to you. Love you guys. While I wait for my 7-Eleven Uber Eats order delivery, we have on the way Bugles Ranch, a pack of Bugles Cinnamon flavored, some Gushers, a box of Fruit Roll-Up, and the best part, a Coca-Cola Slurpee. This will probably be the highlight of my week. And I have so much to be grateful for. I am living the American dream. It's like 4 a.m. and someone is going to show up at my door with some bugles, gushers, and a Slurpee. I definitely won the lottery ticket in life. Till next time, guys. Thank you for listening. Go eat at a buffet this week. Alone. 
Bye, guys. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.